Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 21. Listen up. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt, and Tom. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're three slash two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So no Matt again. We're, we, we thought he was going to make an appearance tonight, and unfortunately it didn't work out. So here's hoping he'll be back soon. I, I love that I, uh, I never quite know what noise will come out after we introduce Matt. <laughs> you never it's know if changed. it's going to be a hello or... Or what it's going to be. Yeah, it's changed a little bit um, every time. But nonetheless, I'm sure we'll get the, the ship right. Eventually. So tonight we're going to be talking about some attractions that have iconic music and that wouldn't be the same without that iconic music. But before we get into that, let's go, as always, to Tom with the news. Tom, what have you got for tonight? Light news load. Um but we'll go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start in Magic Kingdom. Uh, Tomorrowland Terrace is now um, in the present is testing out mobile-only service. Um, so, guys, you know we've hit on in the past that mobile service is something that we are huge advocates of, but it hasn't been forced upon anyone at Disney. You know, it's, they've allowed you to utilize it if you want to, and if not, carry on. Uh, but the seasonal quick service eatery Tomorrowland Terrace will, will now be open for lunch and dinner. Uh, starting November 5th to 11th, and it'll have a limited test where guests will only be able to order via mobile order. My assumption is they'll probably be looking at different sales numbers and comparing, does this increase the uh, traffic inside Tomorrowland Terrace? Do people seem to be turned off by this idea? So it'll be interesting to, to get the feedback uh, You know, next week. I like it. I think this is a great idea. The quicker you can get people in and out, the less interruption to your day. You know, so so to me, this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, for, um, you know, the generation that is all in on this technology and, you know, you, a lot of people use mobile order at, what is it, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, Chick-fil-A. I think Starbucks may either have it or looking to get it. Uh, they'll love it. But for folks who have been going to Disney for quite some time and, you know, don't even like the new FastPass system and having to use everything in the app, they may not be so keen to it, so... A little bit of a It'll change. It'll be interesting to... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, staying in Magic Kingdom, this is a really exciting piece of news. Um, Disney will be closing Magic Kingdom an hour earlier than normal on very merry Christmas nights. However, the guest will be allowed to stay on Main Street USA until 7 p.m., but no attractions after 6 p.m. My gut and why they're doing this is either they're having trouble getting people out of the park by the party start time at 7 p.m., or they're trying to push sales on Main Street. Because they do allow them to go in the stores for that hour, uh, but if you were seen without your, um, you know, ticket or pass at any ride line after six p.m., they will not let you enter the ride, and then it, it, you know, cast members will, will be working. But I think this probably is pushing people, you know, just to the exit. Yeah, and and it, you know they they do a pretty good job. I don't remember them having any problems at not so scary getting people out. I mean, we saw, we had some stragglers that were around. A little bit after the party start, but like you said, they're not going to let you on a ride if you don't have an event ticket. And the event mm-hmm. tickets are not small. You know, it's not something that you're going to be able to sneak your way around. So 
I think the bigger problem is people don't know that, hey, you're getting kicked out of the park because there's a special event tonight. Now, I will say what they've done to combat that is they are allowing, you know, they'll have extra magic hours any day of the party. So where park hours would usually begin at 9 a.m. If you're staying on property, um, you're getting that extra hour in the morning. You can go into the park at 8 a.m. Um, and then another note, just like we've shared, you can if you do have a party ticket, but you're not in Magic Kingdom for that day and maybe you don't have Park Hopper, you can enter at 4 p.m. with that ticket. Uh, I did read that today. The last bit of news is just general news. I thought was was kind of cool. OtterBox has become an official phone case of Walt Disney World. I personally don't use OtterBox, but I know it's a really popular phone case. Ton of people. I've used them in the past. Uh, so they will have Disney-themed phone cases available through OtterBox. But anywho, that was all the news for uh, for this evening. So really light news week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, extremely light. I don't. I don't have any like extra fun tidbits or anything like I, you that. Know, I have general news. I mean, I know they've taken down um, all of the Halloween stuff in Magic Kingdom, and you are beginning to see Christmas come alive. Hollywood Studios is is still growing uh, with Christmas. They have ornaments for sale. They have, you know, like the Emporium of Magic Kingdom, totally Christmas out. So it's, uh, you know, Disney. Disney kind of skips Thanksgiving a little bit. When does Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party start? Is it this weekend? November November 9th. November 9th. Okay. Yep. Um, yep so. Have you seen the pictures of the uh, Tower of Terror? I have, and it looks like they're doing some work on the Tower of Terror, too. Well, but I mean, have you seen the like projections that they're doing on it for Christmas? I've seen concept art of what it will look like. It looks pretty cool. They um they actually have the snow machines as well in Hollywood Studios this year, so it will snow there. And they they had uh they have some projection screens that they've kind of conveniently put up in Hollywood Studios. So I can't wait. <laughs> I was excited about the. What's the countdown for, down to now? Oh, uh, 20, 26 days, something like that. I'm surprised you don't have you don't have that number tattooed on your arm or something like that at this point. It's uh it's in my phone. It's in my phone. <laughs> Well, if that's all for the news, we'll we'll go on to our main topic. And as I said, we're going to talk about attractions and we're going to try to share the love amongst the four parks at Disney World. But you know, you'll you'll kind of see that one park in particular really stands out here. Uh, but but these are attractions that would not be the same. They all have an iconic song or songs in some cases that really contribute to the whole feel of the ride. And you know, the rides just don't work without them. So as always, we'll kind of go back and forth and we'll we'll choose. So I'm going to go first because I came up with a topic and because I'm better than you. And oh so my first, my first pick, and I know this is not going to be a huge surprise to anybody that is a regular listener of our podcast, uh, but my first pick is going to be Splash Mountain. I don't, I don't think that there is a ride that better exemplifies the use of music than Splash Mountain does. You know, from kind of the the light bluegrass music in the queue to how do you do at the beginning of the ride? You know, you go right into Laughing Place and uh, Burroughs Lament when you're going up the hill and then straight into Zippity Doodah. Talk about some iconic Disney music. Look, I mean, how many people have really seen Song of the South? How many people really know these songs? Probably not many, right? Everybody knows Zippity Doodah, of course. But the only reason I know these songs is because of Splash Mountain. But they're so kind of deeply ingrained with Splash Mountain. You know, I can put on How Do You Do, and it and it takes me right back to Splash Mountain. 
I, th- I think that's the kicker, and I think that'll be a common theme throughout all of the attractions uh, that we discussed tonight and the music that goes along with them. You know, it, Disney is does a phenomenal job with creating memories, and, and he's spot on. I mean, when no matter what song I hear that's from Splash Mountain, I can tell you what part of the ride it plays in. The Laughing Place. I mean, obviously Zippity Doodah. You know, it was like a, it's a it's a celebration. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and as a as a young kid, I can remember being terrified of big drops and Splash Mountain, and being convinced I was going to hit my head on the briar patch. And when you get to the end and they're singing Zippity Doodah and it, and it's, I was relieved. I mean, as a kid, I can remember that feeling. So yeah, I mean, um, my my wife can't go was, wrong. My wife was not happy the first time that we rode Splash Mountain. In fact, she cried most of the way. And it and it started, you know, because Splash Mountain has a lot of kind of fake drops, kind of fake you out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of decent sized ones, and then there, there's the drop when you're going into the Laughing Place, but. My wife was not amused, and so getting down that hill and seeing Zippity Doodah, I think, really—I don't know—made her feel a lot better. For me, I can't, I can't not smile when you go into the Laughing Place. I mean, it, it could be my tenth time in a row riding the ride. That little drop is like the perfect size, mm-hmm. where it's pretty fun, and then that—that's probably one of the coolest scenes in in Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. So can't go wrong with that pick. So, yeah, as always, Splash Mountain's my number one. and But this time it really is. The, the music, that ride's just not the same without the music. I would agree with you. I, that is a ride that would be a totally, be a, uh, one of those fair log rides. You exactly. Know, that didn't have iconic music. Exactly. Yep. So I'm going to stay in the same park and go a different direction. Um, in light of Halloween in our last episode, it's got to be Haunted Mansion. Uh, on our Mindu Disney trip, I know at least one of the guys has told me this was by far his favorite ride music, attraction music that we heard the entire trip. Because of the, you know, starts out slow and it's got some funky noises in it. But by the time you hit the the graveyard scene, like we discussed, you know, Grim Gritting Ghost is an incredible song. Uh, And that would not be the same without that song. No, it wouldn't. It starts off, you know, spooky and ominous. As you go through the attraction, and then, yeah, you're absolutely right. You hit the graveyard scene, it gets sped up, it gets happy. It, it's, a, it's a great song. It really, it really fits in, and it kind of shows you what Disney's going for with this ride. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not meant to be a typical haunted house that, you know, it's not meant to scare you. It's meant to be a kind of silly and, and happy haunted house. And that attraction, almost any other overlay of music, or if it changed a bunch of songs, I mean, it, it would... Grim Grin Ghost fits so perfectly. Yeah, and I know every time I ride, I sing along with Grim Grin Ghost. I mean, yeah, I mean it's one that I can play in the car <laughs> when, when I'm driving down the road, and it takes me to Disney World, mm-hmm. takes me in the Haunted Mansion. I don't know that song; it's always been one of my favorites. Same park again. Noticing a theme here: an older attraction, one that's changed a little bit, but uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates Life for me. The beginning of that ride, there's. You know, no music. It's it's kind of quiet and it's calm. Once you hear Pirate's Life for me, I don't know. That's that's kind of what the ride's all about for me. And let me point out, the movies didn't make this song popular. The attraction, it, this song was here f- far before Johnny Depp and Pirate's Caribbean movies. Oh, absolutely. Th- this song has been a fan favorite and popular since the beginning. Now, the movies maybe threw it more into the the, the spotlight. And of course, everyone's like, oh, I know that song. Well, yeah, you knew it. 
from times you'd either visited Disneyland, Disney World, and heard that as a main stable for that attraction. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have changed in that ride, to Pete's point. They have made a ton of changes, some small, some some large, you know, adding, you know, Johnny Depp into a bunch of different scenes. But that song, you can't do anything with that. That's got to be there. No, it has to be there. Because, again, it it makes the ride. You know, it, it takes a scene where, look, these are pirates. They're burning and they're pillaging and, you know, doing what pirates do. But with Pirates Life for Me playing in the background, it, it kind of brings that down to, hey, this is acceptable for children, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because these yeah, guys are just having a good time. They're not... I mean, at one point, they're auctioning women. <laughs> not anymore. Well, yeah, true. It <laughs> <laughs> has some stuff in it. The kids have no clue what they're looking at. But, I mean, really, you think about... This is kind of a... They're... they're they're looting and pillaging. They're pirates. Like, not something that really should be glorified in a theme park ride, right? But, I don't know, somehow the song just makes it kind of happy-go-lucky, and it makes it makes it work, and it makes it okay to show to children. It's another one of those songs that you can play anytime, anywhere, and the majority of the people, as long as they've been to Disney World, will, have, will, will reference Pirates of the Caribbean, or they'll say something about their time when they rode Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, great choice. I can't fault you there at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up for us, though. I'm going to take us to another park. Whoa. I'm adventuring to Epcot. This this could go over well with some pe- some of our listeners and poorly with others, especially you, because I know Norway has changed in your eyes. Yeah. But I'm, it's got to be frozen. There are, I mean, do you want to build a snowman? Let it go. I Now, have you seen, be, you've seen Frozen at this point, right? I have. Okay. And I used to be the biggest Frozen hater ever. When it came on the radio, I didn't. I, I liked traditional Disney. I didn't. I wasn't ready for the movement. I wasn't ready to move on from my childhood memories. I have. I love the music from Frozen now. I loved the attraction. I got goosebumps when Let It Go came on. So we, we as a podcast, I don't think we can't not say this, even though some people will not agree at all. I'm okay with this. Um, again, as you referenced. I'm not a fan that they got rid of the Norway ride because, in my opinion, that was one of the best rides at Epcot. And, and, I, and I think that for this to be the Frozen ride at Disney World, it's lacking a little bit. But you're, but you're right. As far as the music goes, the music does make this ride. You can't have a Frozen ride without Let It Go. You can't have a Frozen ride without Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Um, and it, it does make the ride work. You know, because you take a you take a kid that loves Frozen. This is what they want to see, and this is what they want to hear. So, and and they do see Olaf, Elsa, and and pretty pretty good technology mm-hmm. as well. I mean, Disney didn't while they kept the same track. They did a lot. They to did make Frozen. They did fit. Uh, and then the music. I mean, kids scream at this. I mean, they love this music. No, they do. But you look at a you look at a franchise like Frozen. And you, you would think that, you know, that would deserve a ride like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. You know, something a little bit more oh, than... Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that it needs a roller coaster, but it just needs something more than, a, you know, replace Norway. I think, I think time will tell on how big Frozen can be. Because, I mean, you're talking Snow White. I mean, that's a, to me, that's a totally different ballgame. Yeah, but... Tom, I mean, how many how many kids do you know that went absolutely bonkers for Frozen? A lot. I mean, how lot, often did you kid. hear Let It Go come on the radio? Three times a day. Three times an hour. <laughs> so, I mean, this, you know, and granted, it's fallen off since then. It's not nearly as big as it was. 
But I mean, I guarantee you when you go to Disney World in December and you go to the Frozen sing-along, it's going to be packed. Could could we see Frozen be like a, a Stitch? Because Lilo and Stitch was huge at one point too. Yeah, but Stitch's Great Escape was never huge. So I, no, I don't see that. And and look, the okay. line for the Frozen attraction is still a hundred minutes plus. Yep, you're absolutely right. And and part of that's due to the capacity. You know, it just doesn't have a whole lot of throughput. But part of that speaks to the popularity of the franchise. And again, getting back to what we're talking about tonight, speaks to the popularity of the songs. So solid choice. I'm not. I'm not. No complaints. Okay. We'll see what you got next. I'm going to go back to Magic Kingdom because, as we alluded to earlier. You know, you look at Epcot, you look at Animal Kingdom, you look at Hollywood Studios, the rides there don't really rely on songs near as much as they do at Magic Kingdom. There's a few exceptions here and there, but, I, you know, you could pretty much take any ride at Magic Kingdom and say, hey, it needs its music to, to stand on its own. So with that in mind, I'm going to go to the ever-hated It's a Small World. Mm. Now... I mean, this is a ride that you have to ride when you go to Disney World, right? It's not a Disney trip without it. We went, it's a, we went yes. four dudes. We went, and guess what? We rode It's a Small World. So It's a Small World would be, it already is kind of creepy if you think of the concept, but if they didn't have this music, oh. I mean, but then you think, <laughs> you're like, gosh, I wish they didn't have this music. Yeah. This is one of those songs that will never, ever, ever escape you. And if you hear just two lines of it, you're you're ruined for the day. <laughs> I can't I'm not sure I can't imagine working that attraction. I, 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 now if you I notice don't they don't I mean. play they don't I don't think they play the song in the queue, right? They don't. Yeah, and, and, and there's probably a reason for that. But man, so is this song I, I'm I'm struggling because it's like, man, do we want to just name attractions that we love the music to? Because I don't like the music to It's a Small World, but I, I don't know what else we'd put there. I don't like the music to It's a Small World either, but this attraction's not the same without the song. Of all of them, that might be the most, that song might be the most necessary for that kind of attraction to succeed. It is. But, but you know, let's let's think about this for a minute. If you talk to people, like, does anybody really love this attraction? Like... Can you do you know anybody that's that when they talk about their favorite Disney rides that they're like, oh God, I just I love it's a small world so much. I know one. You know one. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't think of anybody. And she'll she'll be on the trip with me. <laughs> so we will be riding it. But but it's one of those rides that it's not a Disney trip without riding it's a small world, regardless of what your feelings are. About I almost it. ride it just to complain about it. <laughs> like I almost write it just to say like I told you guys it's it's a miserably annoying song yeah but you but you kind of if you can sit back and enjoy the attraction you I'm 100% in any boat you go in you're going to be able to laugh at somebody that is so annoyed with this music they can't wait to get off oh yeah absolutely we, we had one in our group and, and he was he was not pleased to get out of there mm-hmm. and coincidentally he was ready to get off frozen too but I, I think you know obviously not not the same without the song this attraction. You know, and I'm going to piggyback on that one. Th- this is another ride that at the song has been nailed. I, I listen to it at least once a week. Carousel Progress for the attraction. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. One, the song itself is a little uplifting. It, it'll get you, you have a bad day, I promise you. You put it on, listen to the words. It'll essentially tell you, hey, you'll wake up tomorrow and there's a great, big, beautiful day tomorrow. You know, right around the corner for you. 
But two, the transition, be, the way this ride operates, uh, if you haven't ridden on it, um, you actually are in a moving theater. The stage stays still. The theater rotates. You can see it from the outside, which is pretty neat. But you rotate from scene to scene, and your transition music is, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. I, for the theme of that attraction, that, that song fits so perfectly because of they're actually explaining different decades and you know they get all the way to the quote-unquote future. It's not so futuristic anymore. Um, but this was an original attraction uh, from Walt Disney himself. And so it does, you know, it's, it's a very loved, beloved attraction in Disney World. And a Sherman Brothers but, song too. Right. And, and without... Without this music in it, I, I don't. I can't think of another song that would fit more appropriately. And I don't know where this song could fit. So you know, the, they, these the attraction and the music they need each other. And the music makes the attraction too. I mean, there's there's some funny scenes in there, but I don't know. To me, I I always ride Carousel of Progress to hear "There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow." Yeah, and I mean, it's it is fun when you start to move and they're playing that that you know the chorus of that song. It's fun if you're not sleeping in the theater. We had we, we had two soldiers on our trip fall asleep in our <laughs> Mindu WDW Mindu Disney vacation. My fiance, when we went to Disney, she fell asleep during the entire thing. I, I it's one of my favorite things to do at Disney World. So it's sad because it's a, it's a great attraction. It's especially in the summertime, the air conditioning yeah. in there's great. There's never a line. You know, pretty much you can walk right on because these theaters are huge. You know, so it's a it's a great place to sit and relax, but it's also a good ride. Yeah, Pete and I were texting the last time we were on it. We we spread out across the, the back row of this theater. There's like two or three chairs in between each person, and Pete and I were on the ends. And I texted him. I was like, "Hey, is is uh, our buddy sleeping over there?" And he's like, "Yeah, it looks like the one closest to you sleeping too." And they both like their necks were broken sleeping in there. <laughs> Uh, and so they missed the music and they missed the attraction. But nevertheless, in this podcast, this to me is a top six pick. So carousel progress for me. All right. Well, I'm going to go to Epcot uh, for my next pick, which I guess would be my number four. And okay, this attraction is terrible. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's not good. I don't know that there's anything that they can do to make it good. But but the song is great. And that's... Uh, the song is One Little Spark, and I don't even know what this ride's called anymore. Journey into your ima- journey into the imagination. It's something about a journey and imagination and figments there. I, 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 I'm trying to find a nice way to say I like the attra- I, I like the attraction. It could be it could be better. Love the music. <laughs> yeah, the music's the music is great. And you think about the importance of of what figment what is to Epcot. Definitely was to Epcot. I, w- um, I would say was, and and this is another Sherman Brothers song, but it's a great song, and, and they've changed the lyrics some in the current version, but the, the attraction is just not good. The only reason I get on this attraction is to hear One Little Spark. Well, then that is, that is exactly why we're the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is to a T why, I mean, you're absolutely right. I would never ride Figment. I would never get on Carousel Progress. Without the music, so that that's the point of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And there are others like you, especially traditionalists, that you know, because this song has been around since the beginning of time for the Figment attraction. While there maybe have been a little modification, that is that was a re- I mean that was a really important deal to Epcot. Yeah, I mean you're talking uh, about the mascot of Epcot, right? Yeah, exactly. Moving on, going back to Magic Kingdom, it's like we can't get out of Magic Kingdom. This 
Uh, this attraction has a, a, a terribly long wait. It's not a, it's not that great of an attraction, but I'm going to go Peter Pan. You can fly. You, you can fly. I mean, yeah, that makes that makes the ride right there. As a, as a kid, that was one of my favorite Disney movies. It still is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. And you're in. It puts and you in the movie. It puts you in the movie, and you fly. I mean, you're in the. I mean, you're in the air. So I I think this song is important because I think as kids ride the rides. I mean, they may not pick up on everything we pick up on, but they hear music. Kids love music. They can cling to it. Adults even who are who grew up on this movie, they get on there, and they, I mean, they know. I mean, they, you can't not smile when you hear that. You know, it's happy memories. It's happy. It's happy thoughts to fly with pixie dust. So uh, this is one of those. I think that the the attraction desperately relies on the music and the storyline that the movie created, uh, because in in twenty seventeen, that's just not a compelling attraction. No, and I can see this in the next ten or fifteen years turning into like a Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey type ride. But for now, it's it's you know it is what it is. Right. But. But you're right. This this song, "You Can Fly," just in particular, really makes this ride for me. I I don't know. When I think of Peter Pan, I think of lifting off out of the station and going over Nana's house, and then flying over London and listening to "You Can Fly." Like that's mm-hmm. my idea, I guess, of of that ride. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, you nailed it, right? I mean, that's exactly how how I've always felt, and and on our on our Mendu Disney trip, we wrote it, and that was probably one of the only things everyone could relate to. You know, they'd seen the movie, it knew the song. You can't help you can't help but smile when you hear that. And that was one of the only rides we actually waited in line for. We did. Well, we saw. Well, we couldn't get a fast pass, or we chose not to use a fast pass there. And then we, we, you and I, at least hadn't seen the queue. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have anything to compare to the old queue, so <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Fantastic cube. That's unrelated. We have a whole episode on that. Yeah. So, all right. Last pick here. And I think this is a good one. Going over to Epcot, I'm going to go with Soren. In particular, the old Soren, but then it works for the new one too. I, I think the soundtrack really contributes a lot to this ride because if you're watching the video for Soren, you're looking at pretty pictures, right? Mm hmm. The music really, it makes it exciting. It makes it fun. It makes it feel like you're on a journey. And you, I, I don't know. It's its hard for me to describe, but the music really contributes heavily to that ride. Because otherwise, it's just its just pictures. I mean, is it almost like when, you know, you're in a humongous IMAX theater otherwise? Yeah. You know, the music kind of puts you puts in Puts you in the place. movie, I guess, kind of is how I would describe it. I know I know what you're saying. I mean, it's not like, you know, some of these other ones with the words and how they tie into the attraction. This one isn't words. I mean, this is just a literal theme song. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. You know, I, I 100%, it's recognizable music. It puts me back in the attraction of Soren. Yeah, because if I were to play the Soren music right now, I mean, you would know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I don't hate this one actually at all. I think um, I have a similar pick that I'm holding right now that would would kind of work. I mean, it's like it's a little bit of a you know, reach, you could, right? But you could almost compare this to, you know, Main Street USA music. You have Tomorrowland music. They all have this theme that puts you in that. It puts you in that atmosphere. And I think the difference here is that, you know, the music is tied to the film, so. You know, when you hear a flourish in the music, you know what you're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. 
So whereas Main Street, you're right, it is it is a definite atmosphere. This both creates the atmosphere, but then, you know, as you ride it a couple of times, you know, the music it the music coincides yeah, with exactly yeah, the music it, cues those those memories for you. Yep. No, I'm with you there. Uh so my fifth pick, uh, and this is probably why I was so defensive earlier towards <laughs> Snow White and Seven Dwarves. I'm gonna pick Seven Dwarves My Train and I'm gonna pick Hi ho, I mean you—you you can't beat them. I mean this is a music. This is a movie. When did this movie come out? In '46 or something like that. I, I feel like we've looked it up before, but a long time ago. Anyone hears those songs, and you don't have to go to Disney World. You don't, which maybe takes away from the idea of it. Seven Doors could be a great ride without the music. But are you without that theme and without that music? You're almost getting back to like the carnival log ride that we talked about with Splash Mountain. I mean there are. You know, the, the one thing this has is that it's free-moving, like the seats, the individual. I don't even know the right word I'm looking for. They tilt. Um, they tilt and rock back and forth. But with the theming and then the music, and I mean, it just it fits. It, it takes people back to happy memories. And you're on a, a mine train, so it makes sense. Yeah, I feel like you hit that on the head. This This could be, this ride could work without the music. But what would be the point of having a Seven Dwarfs? ride without the music mm-hmm. you know it's it's just a roller coaster at that point right and the whole the disney difference the the why do you go to disney world mm-hmm. you know you you want to be thrown into the storyline that absolutely captivates you why do people why do fares cost a ton, a ton less money i mean a lot of reasons i'm not just going to say that yeah you can theme. you can ride the rides at the at the fair for i think 20 bucks for all day or something like that right i'm right i mean so you got your six flags your carowinds of the world you don't you don't get any experience near the attractions we've we've discussed, and you'll find more thrilling rides other places, but you don't have the music that ties everything together. So this one's important for me. I mean, I I was fortunate enough we got to ride this ride a couple times on our last vacation, and I will ride it a couple more times on my next vacation. And I love the music. I mean, it one hundred percent brings back happy thoughts. Well, and you know, without without that whole section, it's a very short roller coaster. And that's all it yep. is, you know. So yep. without going into the caves and seeing the the dwarfs mining, you know, it's it's just a very short roller coaster. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think this this is a great example of really making the ride. So you want to do like a honorable mention? I I've got one in mind that it's not it's not really an attraction, but it's, we can do honorable mention. Okay, we can do that. So mine, this is not really an attraction. Uh, but it's definitely someplace at the parks that the music <laughs> contributes heavily uh, to the atmosphere. And that is, of course, the bathrooms at the China Pavilion. Uh, the music in here is killer. It is so peaceful. It just, it's relaxing. Uh. <laughs> uh, you know, I, when, he, when you said it wasn't an attraction, I started thinking he's going to the China bathrooms. No, I, I but... Really, I do. I do kind of have one that's rock and roller coaster. Oh, that's okay. Let me hear you. Let me hear. So your here's reason. here's my reasoning, and it's it's not. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't put this in here, and this is why it's kind of an honorable mention and not one of my picks. Because could you replace Aerosmith with any other band? Yes. Yes. Any other rock and roll band? Yes. So maybe it's 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 not that the music is iconic to me. It's just the fact that there is that loud music blaring in the background. I feel like that contributes a lot to the whole mood and the whole atmosphere of the ride. Because 
it really it really kind of helps you believe, hey, I'm in this limo where Blair and rock music were on our way to a concert. If it were if it were in silence, it it wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be nearly as fun. It wouldn't be nearly as fun. Yeah. So could could Aerosmith be replaced by any other rock band? Absolutely. So that's kind of why it's it didn't get put on the list for me because it needs the music, but it doesn't need that music specifically. So this is one that I thought about a couple times, and I guess the reason I didn't choose it is because the music is different a lot of the time. I mean, you don't. It's a it's a playlist essentially that you're going to get on your ride. Have I gotten "Dude Looks Like a Lady" numerous times? Sure. So for that reason, I didn't, I didn't choose it. But I like your point. If it was silent, be a good roller coaster. It it definitely adds to the storyline that Disney creates once you get to the, you know, the pre-show. And it adds to the kind of adrenaline rush that you feel too, because you know you've got you got it, the countdown too at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. But but it it creates stress. So you've got this loud music blaring. And it it kind of it kind of makes it a stressful environment. Then you launch off and you're and you're gone. And I don't know. It yep. just it kind of hypes you up. So we we've, we've hit three of the four parks, and I think that's probably where we're gonna we're gonna stop because I'm going back to Magic Kingdom for my honorable mention. I can't wait, not wait, say Space Mountain. Wait, do you do you hear that? I think I think I hear the music for Space Mountain playing. How did I know you were gonna pick that? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's my favorite attraction, obviously. This this cue can be boring, but the music, it's like this. It's like space, I mean, it's space music, and I say that because it's associated with Space Mountain. And this isn't necessarily the attraction music. This is more in the cue for me. I mean, this is more where I'm getting geared up to go to space. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to this, like, soothing, slow-moving kind of music. Almost if it's if, if as if I'm floating in space. And there's a really really specific part that I hear every time I'm in line for this for this yeah. ride, and that and that makes the attraction. That tells me, hey, I'm getting ready to go on Space Mountain. And, and you know, this is this this music is only it's only you have to ride Space Mountain to know this song. So it's a little different than uh, you know what we hit, you know, Splash Mountain. Seven Dwarfs, Carousel Progress, Frozen, Frozen. Yeah, this is something. This music sticks out to me because of Space Mountain, but it one hundred percent gets me geared up to go to space. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of let yourself escape at Disney World, like we all try to do, I'm sure you can get lost in some of this atmosphere. And this is a prime example for me. I like it. I think it should have been higher up. Well, I didn't know if you if you'd pick it, and I and I started looking at. I was kind of trying to it, save it for you. Yeah, and, and I mean it's, you know, it's like Splash Mountain. I love the the music of Splash Mountain, but that's you know it's his favorite ride. He he probably is more in love with it than me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my honorable mention of the uh, of the podcast. I guess so. You got you had two then. You had Chinese bathroom music. You know, I didn't really yeah. I didn't really count the Chinese bathroom because it's not an attraction. Okay, it's just a place of peace for me. Are there any you think we missed? Are you any that we that you feel bad we left out? You know, there's. Enchanted Tiki Room, uh, Little Mermaid. You know, there's there's some rides that they do have iconic music, but Country Bears Jamboree. Y- you know, oh no, <laughs> try it. You'll like it. I promise. I, I Little Mermaid. I, that's one of my favorite Disney soundtracks. I, it doesn't. I don't know. For me, one little spark makes figment bearable, but 
Under the Sea doesn't really make the Little Mermaid ride bearable. And I don't know. You know what, I think, well, I mean, Tiki Room, I mean, like you mentioned, Tiki Room would fall into this category. Yeah. Again, Sherman Brothers. Yeah. Yep. I, the Tiki, I don't know. The Tiki Room I'm okay with in small doses. Small doses it's not being a must, like. It's not a must hit, though. No, I mean, I don't, it's a small world is a must hit. Yeah. I think so. So. Uh, if you've if you've got any thoughts, let us know. If we missed anything, or if you've got some things you agree with us or disagree with us on, you know, drop us a line. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. It's really all I got. What? Uh, let's go to the secret and the trivia question. What do you got for tonight? Yeah, we'll hit the uh, secret first. Recap the two part trivia question from last week and hit the trivia question for tonight. Uh, so the secret of the night. Employees of the Walt Disney World Company wear a variety of costumes, but they all have one thing in common, the name tag. Every cast member, so non-character, so when you see a character dressed up, obviously Mickey Mouse is not going to have a name tag, but every cast member wears the iconic white oval-shaped name name tag over their heart with their first name and hometown listed. This is because Disney is a first-name organization. Last names are considered too formal and appear less friendly. Mickey Mouse himself delivers the name tags to employees on their first day on the job. Name tags can also have a variety of pins attached. You'll see some language pins. Jiminy Cricket is one of them for certified trainers. Or a red ribbon, which is um, earning my ears. Uh, And finally, see if you can spot the rare blue name tag, meaning the cast member has earned the Disney Legacy Award, which is the highest honor a cast member can receive. Pete and I have discussed this as a topic in general I, I don't know that I've ever seen a blue name tag. I don't think I have either. I've seen some pins before. I've seen pins, yep. Because you get service they get service award pins after Yep. I think it's it's every five year segment they get a service reward pin. But, but I don't know that I've ever seen the uh the blue the blue name tag before. I'll tell you though in in regard to name tags, we have kind of a funny memory from and keep in mind I mean it's for guys at Disney. We're in line at Living with the Land and talking to the cast member, and we notice he's from South Carolina. So we start talking about the state of South Carolina. And you guys well, all had Gamecock shirts on, too. Exactly. And as I mentioned, the hometowns are listed, and his hometown was Sugar Tit, South Carolina, which, of course, we're immature. We think that's hilarious. But I had never heard of, of Sugar Tit, so it was a real question to him is where is this? And we actually figured out there was a new city in South Carolina we were totally unaware of. Mm-hmm. Not too far uh, from so. you. Yeah, exactly. So I do pay attention to the name tags, clearly. Yeah. Um, that's a little funny story. And and even, uh, anyway. you know, even if you go to like Indiana Jones, even the cast members that participate in the Indiana Jones stunt show have their name tags on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, it's everybody from... You know, the, the janitor to Disney execs that visit the park. They've all Absolutely. got a name tag on. You know who else has a very similar culture to that? Is Waffle House. Everybody at Waffle House wears name tags, too. They do. Mm-hmm. They and, do. And typically, yeah. it's a, typically, it's a first name. Well, I, I mean, I, it, it's a good, uh, good business practice. And for, you know, for somebody, they need your help or attention, and they can catch your name tag. Mm-hmm. They say your name, you're going to listen. And Disney's all about customer service. Yep. Um, moving along to our trivia question last week, I will remind you of the question, give you the answer and give you the winner. The question was how much was the 48 square miles of Florida swampland purchased for when Walt originally bought it? And then it was, what's it worth today? I think Pete added that there at the end. 
Uh, so he originally bought it for $5 million, and he didn't buy it in one wholesale buy. He actually had code names because that's the only way he could secure this many uh, miles of, you know, square miles of Florida of swampland. So he had different names for each purchase. And then finally, the last person found out, hey, this is one guy buying up all this land and really jacked the price up on him uh, for the last bit of land he bought. Uh, so he bought it for $5 million. The, the numbers I found were a little bit all over the board. $1.3 billion is what it's worth today. Uh, that same exact property. Now, that's not what is Disney worth. That's a totally different number. Uh, but Walt Disney World in Florida is $1.3 billion. But if you think about it, you know, when this started out, it was it was Swampland, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's, exactly. you know, it's a, it's a very developed area all around there. So... And uh, moving along to our Disney trivia question of the night, which I th- I still believe is a really good Disney trivia question. I asked Pete before we began recording, and he knew the answer. So hopefully I haven't come up with a super easy one, but it's how long does the Disney Magic Band battery last? The only reason I even know this is because I got the Magic Bands in and I started looking up Magic Band facts. Now, this may be the same way that Pete got the answer. At some point in his life, he did this, and maybe someone else out there has done this, and they have the answer. But our trivia question of the night, how long does the Disney Magic Band battery last? You can uh, reach us through our Twitter at podcast or our email at mindoowww at gmail.com. Well, I guess that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendowdw at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.